Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is Creativity and Play. I'm Steve Gilbert. And I'm Mary Alice Long. You can find us online at creativityandplay.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Creativity Play. And download archived editions on iTunes. Our guest today on Creativity and Play is Scott Nappy Brandon, Executive Director of Lincoln Center Institute, the arts and education arm of Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts in New York City. He's been an educator and performer and works internationally to promote education in and through the arts. He's also the co-author of Imagination First, Unlocking the Power of Possibility. This week, Scott will be hosting America's Imagination Summit at Lincoln Center, which features Sir Ken Robinson and Deepak Chopra, among several other national leaders from education, business, and culture. Scott Nothing Brandon, it's great to have you back with us on Creativity and Play. Thank you, Steve and Mary Alice. I appreciate it. Well, we wanted to catch up with you. You were one of our early, early guests when we started this almost a year ago, and throughout that time you've been promoting the imagination conversations around the country, which will culminate this week with the America's Imagination Summit in New York. So we wanted to check in with you again and, and see where things are at and what's happening this week, and, and so wondering if you would sort of bring listeners up to date. First of all, what were the imagination conversations, and, and how did that lead up to this week? Right. The uh, the conversations uh, actually started in the fall of 2009 with the idea of uh, addressing the question of how imagination, creativity, and innovation plays out, needs to be part of the discussion in commerce, culture, and education. And we thought if we could convene groups of leaders from across the country and across the professions to talk about that, we might gain insight into uh, questions, issues, topics that people uh, are dealing with in their unique discipline, but then across disciplines, and then to look at that as it might relate to public education. Uh, We decided that we would also have what we're calling this capstone event, this Imagination Summit in New York City to bring people together who participated in the various uh, conversations, but also with uh, thought leaders from the various professions, disciplines, toward the goal of, from my perspective, a very strong and specific statement in public education, how to ensure that we have imagination, creativity, fact, reason, standards, and accountability in the same sentence rather than in an either-or context. We will continue conversations around the country post this summit. Uh, So we anticipate by the end of this campaign, this series, there will be about 50 of these public discussions in some 40 states. Can you highlight some things that have happened uh, in those conversations? Um, 
I, you know, a number of the states have used the conversations to organize a everything from economic discussion to a policy discussion to a public education discussion or a combination of those. Um, Maryland, Indiana, um, a number of the states have, <coughs> excuse me, have had numerous conversations where they are uh, playing out the set of ideas uh, so that key players across the, those disciplines continue to meet to talk about how this impacts education policy, public policy, business policy. Um, it was not our intention as an organization to try to run or direct what goes on in any one of the individual state conversations. We um, we took on the role of helping organize that as a national initiative, um, but our real goal has been um, to be a catalyst for that and then look at it on the national federal um, level. Scott, our students and families involved in the summit conversation at the, this point? How does that look? Um, for the summit itself, the audience, which is a fairly limited audience, it's an invitation-only audience for the summit here, um, there are a few students and their families who will be involved with it. Their involvement is through, uh, we've developed a series of public service announcements based on students dreaming of a better world, envisioning, envisioning a better world. Um, we'll be showing that student voice PSA. And by the way, those PSAs will be aired on uh, uh, several television and taxi TV channels. Um, in terms of the audience outside of the people actually in the room where the, converse, where the summit's happening, um, we have asked all of our sponsors, the participants, to use their Twitter, blog, and Facebook network to promote um, the event and that the event will be live streamed so that people can view it. And I'm very pleased that uh, through our various networks, some 8 million people will hear about and have the opportunity to view it via live stream. And that obviously can and should reach out to parents, families, um, and students. Um, but that really, once again, depends on uh, who it's been sent to. Well, what do you have to say to parents out there and uh, educators about why imagination is key to success in education in and in different settings? Well, we we talk about innovation and that we need people who can help keep our economic base um, growing through that innovation, that innovative sensibility. Um, and our, pos our position is, is to, to get to that, we have to backward map it or backward track it to creativity and imagination. We believe it starts with imagination, uh, which is the ability to think of things as if they could be otherwise, to you know, to think about new possibilities, uh, creativity being uh, that imaginative act or that imaginative thought enacted in the world. That That's important because that's how you get to innovation, 
We also believe, as it relates to families and school, that uh, this is an equal opportunity idea, that it should be available to everybody, um, and therefore it has to be part of what goes on in the schools, not just in a select number of schools. And in that spirit, I would argue that one of our greatest untapped resources is that diversity of thought, that cultural thought diversity that exists in education, um, and that if we can figure out how to both organize it, tap it, build on it, educate for it, um, that it has huge impact on how kids grow up, um, how families uh, respond to their students' education, and um, uh, what people decide to do in their lives, no matter what job they, they end up taking. We, we mentioned in the opening that um, the, the summit will include guests such as Ken Robinson and, and Deepak Chopra. And I'm wondering if you can say a little more about what they're doing and, and who else will be there and, and what will actually be happening during the summit itself this week. Right. The summit's divided into uh, Thursday evening and then uh, a variety of sessions on Friday. Um, Thursday evening we will have uh, opening remarks from uh, Merrill Tisch, who's the Chancellor of the New York State Board of Regents, uh, Peter Cunningham, Assistant Secretary for the U.S. Department of Education. And we're going to have a guest appearance by our Deputy Chancellor of the New York City Public Schools. Um, then we go into a session with uh, Charles Seegers, the CEO of Ovation. We'll introduce Sir Ken Robinson, Deepak Chopra, Vice Admiral Michael Miller, who's the superintendent of the U.S. Naval Academy, and Bruce Vaughn, who's the chief creative executive from Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, they're going to talk about why imagination um, and why these issues are more important now than ever from the perspective of their unique, their unique perspective as thinkers and doers. Um, we then break for a performance um, Black Rock Coalition, and uh, we call the, the evening will end at that point. On Friday, we'll have opening remarks from the president of Lincoln Center. Um, I mentioned the public service announcement. Uh, Shade Badarinwa from uh, WABC News will moderate that. John Wilson, the executive director of the National Education Association, will also be part of that um, session. Uh, honoring the kids in their work with the PSAs. We then quickly, we go into a panel moderated by Matthew Bishop, who's the U.S. business editor of The Economist, Sandra Chapman, chief director of the Center for Brain Health, John Dacey, superintendent of L.A. Schools, the Honorable Judith Kay, who's our just retired chief judge, Bill Mogridge, director of Cooper Hewitt Museum, and Deborah Wint-Smith, uh, CEO of the Council on Competitiveness. Um, then the second half of the day, if you'd like, I can quickly go through that, or if you, you know, want to review any of that. Sure, you can, you can share the second half as well. Right, so <coughs> we have a variety of innovators at work. Uh, Kiran Bursethi, who's the founder and director of the Riverside School in India. Um, Tony DeRose, who's the lead of the research group at Pixar Animation. Cameron Sinclair, uh, CEO of Architecture for Humanity, and General Charles Wald, who's now Director and Senior Advisor uh, at Deloitte Services. 
but he was the former deputy commander of the U.S. European Command. We then go into breakout sessions moderated by Dick Deasy, former director of the Arts Education Partnership, where we're starting to look at taking next steps and comparing findings. And then we have finally uh, a session that Eric Liu, my co-author and the founder of the Guiding Lights Network, and I will moderate where we talk about, uh, we give an overview of the ICs, a few of the ICs, we imagination conversations. We go into some collaborations that we'll be announcing, uh, and we go into next steps. Then all of this has a group of people responding to it um, who will uh, be writing up documents, papers, post the summit itself. Very good. I I can't help but say that it seems significant that there are a number of uh, experts coming in from the military community, which seems to be somewhat new in the conversation. And I wonder if you can say anything about that conclusion. Right. Yeah. If you want, if you look at this as a an mm -hmm. To bring major influencers from across the professions together, it was my goal to have uh, people across business, science, defense, homeland security, law, legal, um, arts, education. So it was very important to me that we have um, you know, strong and important uh, representation from the defense community. Getting Vice Admiral uh, Miller here on behalf of the U.S. Naval Academy, I think, is huge um, to have his perspective on yes. this through the Naval Academy and the work they're doing, but through the perspective of the Navy itself. Why is imagination and creativity important? And the same for General Wald. Um, you know, why is imagination and creativity important uh, to the defense industry um, and to the military itself? Um, they're important drivers of the economy. They're a very important uh, part of our culture, our, day of, our way of living, our way of life. And uh, I want to make sure that we have a conversation that includes everyone because they're the influencers that we need to help make the point that public education needs to include this. Yes, and what Scott, what are the some of the key aspects of imaginative learning that you write about in Imagination First that are will be part of the conversation at the summit. What are what are these key people bringing into that into any, the learning that's happening from that will be translated out in the papers and conversations after the summit happens? We're looking at inquiry and learning as it relates across the disciplines. Uh, so we're looking at um, how. This plays out once again across you know the disciplines of the school day, uh, across across math, science, English, history, humanities, um, and the like. Uh, we also uh, want to make sure that the way in which one can develop the habit of mind for capacity to think imaginatively and act creatively is highlighted throughout the summit. And in the work that happens post this event, we believe not only um, to our very core, but passionately at Lincoln Center, that imagination and creativity can be taught, that they can be part of a formal education, uh, that they can be part of uh, the everyday study 
of any subject and through any subject. Um, we also believe that the arts are a great natural generator of it, but the emphasis is really on imaginative thinking and, and creative actions. So those, that type of thinking, how to notice deeply, make connections, and the like will be highlighted uh, as we do it here, but also as it relates to the other um, professions. What's your hope for what comes out of the summit and the gathering of these great, diverse uh, people that you've just described to us that will be coming together face-to-face -to -face this week and, and, again, building on what so many of those people have been involved with in the past year and a half around the country as well related to the imagination conversations and their own ongoing work to support this topic. Now, what's, what's your hope for what this will hopefully spark after this week? Well, I, I think it is already, and hopefully it will continue to spark a new discussion or expand on an existing discussion around uh, what can and should we do in our nation's schools. Uh, I think that's a discussion that we no longer need to have or should have an either-or perspective on it. I think we need to have a both-and perspective. Uh, the both-and perspective is, as I said earlier, is how does imagination, creativity, fact, reason, standards, and accountability, how do they come together in a sentence around what we want education to accomplish rather than perceive those to be as an either-or discussion, that they necessarily um, cancel each other out or have to be um, uh, separated from and by working with the influencers, the thought leaders, the organizations, and leadership within education, both from the uh, unions and um, policy people um, and administrative leaders from within the school system, uh, state and federal, um, we believe that we've helped push this discussion to a different place or a new level um, because we're showing that it doesn't have to be a divisive or split conversation. And I think that's what we want to continue doing is building headway toward um, continued policy discussions in D.C., continued policy discussions around the country on uh, how to make that happen in a school, in a community, in a state, and, and across the land. Ambitious. Okay. Ambitious but doable. Mm -hmm. And from what you described um, of the of the guests, um, if I if I heard correctly, um, people from the federal government um, education office are not necessarily there. But as I, I believe your own work has certainly connected with them in the past. How does this feed into to that particular conversation with with the Department of Education at the at the federal level and and Secretary Duncan's work around these topics as well. Mm -hmm. uh, representing education across the summit uh, will be Merrill Tisch, who's the Chancellor of the New York State Board of Regents. Uh, Peter Cunningham will be here on behalf of the U.S. Department of Education. Uh, so we will have U.S. DOE representation. Uh, then John Dacey is here as superintendent of the L.A. Unified School District. And certainly Vice Admiral Miller, Superintendent of the Naval Academy. Um, but to answer your question or address your question, um, it's my hope that 
in and through the meeting that that statement that I just made is not only um, reinforced by um, each of the people I mentioned, but talked about and furthered in terms of next steps and ideas and opportunities to push that ahead. I don't know how specific they'll be in the moment, but I fully anticipate um, that they're all not only in agreement with that statement, but eager to work toward um, seeing that come to a next step. Scott, what are some examples of both and playful possibilities that have become a reality in, say, um, our educational system from the past conversations that you know of and and, uh, creative, real uh, actions that have come out of those conversations? Well, one thing that um, came out of our work is, uh, and I'll be announcing eight different collaborations on Friday. Um, one is that we are now, uh, as lead uh, lead partner with New Visions for Public Schools, to start 18 charter high schools in New York City over the next five years. Um, in each instance, imaginative learning is the uh, organizing concept behind all teaching and learning in the school. Uh, it's a huge startup of new schools to show that we not only believe that imaginative learning um, coupled with creativity and innovation uh, works in education, um, we're going to show it at a certain scale with the goal of also breaking down any barriers or um, division between charter and non-charter. So our goal is, is to connect it to the other dozens if not hundreds of schools that New Visions and my organization work with uh, and then we'll be disseminating that information around the country um, through an open education resource context. Um, we just want to show that it's not impossible, it's not only doable, um, it's already starting to happen in very concrete and specific ways. Uh, we'll also be announcing a new relationship with Curriki and with um, numerous other organizations, some major projects with NASA um, around uh, joint efforts. Uh, and we, what we're seeing is that state by state, um, the Creativity Challenge Index, which Dan Hunter started a couple years ago in Massachusetts, is now uh, being voted upon by a few states. The, the legislature, uh, legislators in that state are um, voting to approve creating a commission to look at this within each of those states. And it's my understanding that numerous other states are about to take it on. Uh, what I think you see, you're starting to see is that it's going from you know, we need to pay attention to it to we're seeing very specific actions and concrete efforts taking place to show that ideas are possible, that we don't just have to talk to them as uh, you know, possibilities. As you think about all of those examples, how, how would you rate or define the state of imagination in America right now? Confused. I think it's fair to say it's confused. I think we don't fully understand why we value it. Um, Deepak Chopra is going to talk um, 
somewhat about uh, human consciousness and imagination and the science of. Um, I think we're wired for it. I think it's part of who we are. Uh, I think we, uh, both through a certain kind of education, certainly not all types of education, uh, um, don't enliven it or engage it as we should or need to. Uh, so I think it is confused. The flip side of that is, is there's still something going on why people from around the world still come here and want to know how we think and do in this way. Uh, we still have more patents you know, per capita. Uh, there's still more innovations per se. Um, so there's something that we do it, we value it, we just can't quite figure out why we do it and value it in a way that articulates it for a public education context. And you know, my, my goal is to keep shining a light on that. I was struck as you were describing all the people who are going to be there and again the, the diverse sectors that they represent that on the one hand sort of almost seeming so obvious what they're doing around creativity and imagination and representing all different sectors, but then this gap that's between those concrete examples and what we strive to integrate into the education experience and so often seem to fall down on, on walking down that road toward more creativity and imagination in education, but at the same time recognizing these very real examples that your guests represent, which seems to go along with your, your assessment of a confused state of, of what we're doing around this topic, but using these opportunities to try to figure it out and, and positively affect change that, that that will bring more of it into not only education, but really across society and in all sectors. Yeah, absolutely. And to the degree we can, and I know how difficult this is, it's hard to do it in one's own life, let alone in any discussion, is to look forward, not look back. And if we look back, it's only to learn from rather than to try to repeat. Uh, we have this this incredible want and need, it seems to me, to continually you know, fight over these issues or... Um, make it seem like somebody's right, somebody's wrong. Um, you know, there's plenty of blame to go around. Uh, you know, there's a reason why we do what we do in education. I think the goal has to be is to stop blaming each other and to start looking for common cause solutions. Uh, because what I can tell you from the conversations and the discussions I've had around the country in the last couple of years, um, everyone's ready to move ahead. It's when we think we have to fight and position against one another that we get stuck. And so that's my, I really hope through this summit and through the work we're doing that we can position this toward um, how we move this agenda ahead rather than you know, who's right and who's wrong. Scott, to end our interview today, I wonder if you can name one or two uh, simple steps that individuals can take in their community to highlight or shine a light on imagination and creativity? Well, I think the uh, the imagination conversation idea itself, um, I think if it's, it's probably its greatest strength in how it's now going to be used, to use it as kind of a somewhere between a civic anchor process 
and a way to break down the barriers of the disciplines or um, diversity of thought. Uh, we all like our narratives and we all like our perspectives, but um, if we're asking people to um, take a look at something, we're asking them to take a look at um, how does your narrative or how does your perspective shift as you start to blend that in or, or bring that together with others. And that's what public education is, is an attempt to do that in a broad-scale way. So if people can you know, go in it with the idea that the community, the nodes of networks and the like are where the strength is rather than purely in the uh, statement of what I am and what you're not, we'll be a lot better off. Thank you. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us on Creativity and Play again. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. Thank you both. Scott Nappi Brandon is Executive Director of the Lincoln Center Institute. You can watch America's Imagination Summit this week, July 21st and 22nd, on imaginationsummit.org. And you can listen to this show and previous shows again and find more information about our guests and coming shows at creativityandplay.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and iTunes. Creativity and Play is a production of the International Center for Creativity and Imagination in partnership with the National Creativity Network. I'm Steve Dalbert. And I'm Mary Alice Long. Thank you, Scott, for joining us. I'm looking forward, we're both looking forward to the Imagination Summit, America's Imagination Summit. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.